Ooh, boy. Hope they like this one. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this podcast space. I'm your host, Fox the Jackal. Welcome to the audio parlor. Episode 3 This episode is a discussion of select material pertaining to the Legion of Superheroes, original continuity. The parlor has no content warning to issue at this time. Triplicate Girl One of the earliest members of the Legion of Superheroes. If you haven't heard of it, the Legion of Superheroes... It's kind of like the Justice League... In space. In the future. With teenagers. We roll with it. No, wait, please, don't walk away. I promise this isn't weird. It's fun, really, I promise. Triplicate Girl. In her earliest origin, her planet orbited three suns, so of course everyone on her planet could triplicate into three identical bodies and merge back again into one as they pleased. It was the 60s. You you could get away with writing that sort of thing. Triplicate Girl. The world is on fire, and I have nothing better to do, so I dig a rabbit hole of research and I come across a Legion fan magazine. A fanzine, if you will. The Legion Outpost, dated 1973. One article in the fourth issue, written by Kari Smart, pleads a case for our girl Tripp's place in the Legion of Superheroes. And it moves me. It, it really does move me to see another person care so deeply for a character I love too, even with so many years between us. So, from one fan to another, out to all of you, I want to share some Triplicate Girl stories. And it only feels right to share three of them. Well, not right now, I mean... You get one story this episode, more later on. Two of the stories I plan to share will be Kari's suggestions from her article, Light, Fun, 60s Fair, and the last one will be one I grew up with that I hope she got the chance to read herself one day. Come back around for that one later. It's my favorite comic story, hands down. That said, them thars our course for the evening. Still with me? I mean, someone is. Someone has to be, I'm... Sure, please? Hello? Hello? Ah, uh, hell, off we go. Cover date, January 1966. Our book, Adventure Comics number 340, Computo the Conqueror. Written by Jerry Siegel, co-creator of Superman. Penciled by Kurt Swan. Edited by Mort Weisinger. The year is 2966. It's a thousand years off. It's in the future, you see. All Legion stories are in the future. The cover is really all the drama we need here. Introducing Computo the Conqueror, the electronic enemy programmed to wipe out superheroes. He's a real treat, a big, boxy behemoth boy, laden in diodes and meters and push buttons. He's a computer menace as could only be conceived in the future. Circa 1966's future. It's Pulp Fiction villainy. He's a robot. We don't need to know more, of course he's evil. He commands Superboy to surrender, disintegrates the triplicate girl in one cable wire tentacle, and threatens to annihilate Lightning Lad next! It's a fun cover. We don't know how Superboy can win. 
Maybe we'll spend the 12 cents required to find out. Oh, comics. The book does not live up to expectations. At least not my expectations. I mean, simply put, it piddles around the plot. A legionnaire named Brainiac 5 builds the evil robot. Unclear why, don't really care. It's a robot on a rampage. The explanation really just amounts to robot equals cool but evil. The legion runs from a trap, but one triplicate girl is caught by the cable. Run, girls, run! My other two selves are hot-footing it out of reach. Superboy struggles against Computo, but he can't stop the machine from vaporizing her in a flash of light. It's a recreation of the cover art. In a teeny tiny panel on the last page of the story. And that's it. The Legion retreats, Computo reigns supreme, and that last bit of text, squished to the side of the very last panel, asks you to shell out your next 12 cents for the story's thrilling conclusion next month. Comic book fans, hear my decree. Misleading covers and stretch-thin storylines are not a new problem. This cover focused on our triplicate girl dying, and that scene is decidedly an afterthought of this part one of two story. I get it. I do. The resolution is lacking. I'd be pissed too. Only in today's markets I'd be paying... Five dollars an issue? Holy sh... Next issue, part two of two. Cover date, February 1966. Adventure Comics 341, Colossal Boys, One Man War. Notice the title gives zero indication of this continuing a previous story. Written by Edmund Hamilton, penciled by Kurt Swan, still edited by Mort Weisinger. Note the change in writer mid-story. I'm reliably informed it's Morty the editor running the show here. One page teases a new Legionnaire. Another recaps last issue, Computo's Rampage of Terror continues. But on page three, we wait on all of that for a surprising moment of nuance. Regrouping across town, the Legion takes a break to mourn their fallen triplicate girl. They build a rocket urn. It's an urn, you see, atop a rocket. And they collect the ashes they can find of their fallen comrade. Superboy says some final words, a dedication to his comrade's sweetness and heroism. She was loved. She will not be forgotten. Each legionnaire present etches their name into the urn, promising justice for her murder. And the urn launches into space, landing on... Shanghala, the cemetery satellite where rest the mortal remains of scores of superheroes from all over the cosmos who lived and loved and fought and then died, heroically, majestically, unforgettably, Shanghala, venerated by the billions of inhabitants of millions of galaxies. She rests with the likes of Mog Yagor, savior of his home planet, Nimbok of Valor, slain by a trusted friend, Beast Boy, no, not that one, who saved a child from a monster, Lita 87, defeater of innumerable supervillains brought down by a futuristic banana peel in her prime. And of course, Hateface, the face of a devil, the soul of an angel, thought dead from a broken heart. Her death may have been pointless, 
wasteful, shock value pure and simple. But here in her eternal rest, Triplicate Girl could be honored rightfully among her peers as a somewhat goofy, certainly valiant hero among the stars. So naturally, it's only a second longer until the rest of Triplicate Girl enters the scene. Triplicate Girl? Alive? But we saw you die! You mean you saw one of my three triplicated bodies die. Two of me survive, see? Hi, I'm Triplicate Girl number two. If that isn't one for the books, you died and yet you didn't. In fact, you just missed your own funeral. Since I can now only become two people instead of three, I need a new, appropriate name. So you can call me Duo Damsel. So, I'm horrified by what just happened. I can't speak for readers at the time, but this twist must have caught their attention. It was recounted in fanzines for years to come. She she might not have died, but... I mean, part of her did die, right? That's still plenty scary. People in real life feel trauma when they lose limbs or get horrific burns or even just narrowly avoid a deadly injury. One third of this girl is gone. A part of her, seemingly the whole of her at the time was sacrificed by the writers for what? A a cool cover and a cheap trick? Pages spent on a funeral we're supposed to forget about now. And and everyone else of the team got to mourn. There were solemn faces and tears, and there was a rocket funeral, and this girl walks in and says, Well, she's gone. Guess I need a name change, Teehee. That is rough. And she stays duo damsel for the next almost 30 years of comic books. This is her fictional life now. We do not get to feel this horror as an emotional beat in the fiction as written. Because, I mean, Computo is still rampaging, there's no time to lose. And to stop him, well, we get to see... Hurry, hurry, step right up to see the weirdo legionnaire. He's got four arms, three heads, two legs, and a pellet gun, and he's just another shapeshifter. We've met him before, and we'll never see the weirdo design again. Colossal Boy wages his one-man war. It's a flimsy pretense, but hey, at least we got some cover art out of it. The legion retreats underground, and it's the Batcave! Hey, everybody, it's the Batcave! Batman used to sit on his ass down here and collect some tchotchkes. So cool! A bizarro Computo is created to fight regular Computo. He is poorly constructed and he does not understand words. Who thought this was a good idea? Everybody loves Bouncing Boy. Let's give him his bouncing powers back. He can bounce around and bounce around and accomplish nothing of significance. And I know a few of you are thinking this is all one word. Reductive. And you're right. It is. I'm reducing a bloated plot. This is what scholars and scientists and folks of worldly renown have called a different time. 
a time of puzzle stories over character studies, when characters were functions of plot and their designated powers took the place of personalities. It was a time fast-changing, Marvel was already kicking their ass in sales, but at the times they weren't a-changing fast enough. With our dear friend and editor Mort Weisinger in charge, this was not an epic or a passion project. This was a product. A pulpy, low-cost, disposable product. One pumped through a production pipeline, which is nothing like comic production today, oh boy. But then, there was little expectation that an audience would remember or care about these stories months or years later. Heck, fans wrote letters to the production office feeling cheated by incomplete stories in a book. They paid 12 whole cents for this book, gosh darn it, and they wanted their money's worth. A two-part, two-issue story like this was probably considered risky on its own. Each part was paired in its book with Superboy reprint stories as backup features. Reprint stories as backup features. They didn't trust it to work, so they reprinted old material to fill the space. I have every sympathy as to why this switcheroo of a death was downplayed, why we moved on to the next zany caper in the story. But it's not 1966 anymore. Even in 1966, it couldn't be 1966 anymore. And here, it's... well, it's 2020 over here. And it is both possible, and even necessary, to simultaneously enjoy media while also being critical of its more problematic or pernicious aspects. Anita Sarkeesian, 2013. A woman who did nothing wrong. Feminism. Video games. Look them up. The production offices of National Comics, later DC Comics, were overwhelmingly populated by men. This is indisputable. Men created these specific comics. And it's kind of telling that historical accounts of these offices tell of such a patriarchal editor in Mort Weisinger. Mort was bringing creators as young as 14 years old into the fold, teaching them all he knew of the business, while simultaneously creating a compartmentalized, competitive, anti-collaborative atmosphere. Story assignments were passed between staff without a care for continuity or writing style or art style. If you pitched an idea and hadn't the time to produce it, Mort passed it on to the next guy without any credit in the office or on the page. And if the production line slowed for a moment at your desk, Mort would be there, sharing rumors of how your co-workers were showing you up the next desk over. But that fan article I found, the one that pointed me to this and other Triplicate Girl stories, it was written by a woman. A woman who couldn't have known the office politics of the time could only see a universe of characters she loved and think, this is awesome. Let me share it. Let me enjoy it. Let me speak on how it can be better. And accounts of this time don't just suggest a greater feminine presence in the consuming fandom, their presence is documented in these very fanzines. In a time and condition where this medium was lacking in creative diversity, diversity in the creative team and the creative rooms, it is important that we bring in our contemporary views and ask, why was it done this way? Why these men with these ideas? Bring in feminism and 
tropes versus women and women in refrigerators. Yes, I see you in the wings, Gail Simone. We do not have time. You can look it all up, listeners. It's all good. It's relevant then and now. We can hold the context of the past in mind and still think and feel and say today, hey, it would have been better this way. Both can be valid. Both can be useful. Even with an element as small as, damn, that character got it rough. I wish it was another way. I want to see this art done another way. But okay, enough. Brainiac 5 is tired. It has been a long day in the year of our Lord 2966. This is all his fault anyway. He didn't want to do this, but... He's got an antimatter cannon. Just out of nowhere, he's been letting an antimatter cannon collect dust. And he shoots the cannon at Computo, and Computo dies immediately. Pew pew. Yippee. Great ending, everybody. So much buildup. Very satisfying. Killed with a fancy gun we did not know about until the writer ran out of time and ideas. A plus. Truly. I'm with you. <sighs> Poor Duo Damsel. She deserved better than this story. Her death on that cover is an iconic moment. It was even referenced in a reboot some, oh, 40-ish years later. But fans knew better. Someone out there loved Triplicate Girl and continued to stand for Duo Damsel. And judging by the fanzines, there was at least someone cheering her on, and cheering every single other Legionnaire on, waiting for the day their fave got the spotlight right. And in some senses, I think she got it here. A little bit, at least. You go, triplicate girl. You go, duo damsel. Here's to bright futures to come. All right, thank you very much for listening to this, the third episode of The Audio Parlor. We finished out our premiere. We did it. I did it. I finally put it all together. I'm, I'm very pleased for it. I hope you are too. Uh, I'm recording this a little early in the day, so sorry if you hear any noise from outside in the corridor. I'll try to keep funky cuts around that to a minimum, but... I really hope you enjoyed this episode. The Legion of Superheroes has always been a fun read for me, and coming across this Legion stuff with Triplicate Girl really gave me a chance to do some research well, research into some things that I really wouldn't have gotten the chance to read otherwise, and I really do have some fun ideas to talk about some other Legion stuff down the line, some other characters, some general history. The Legion has been around since 1958, and best I have been able to knock it down so far, I have found six distinct eras, and the way the publishing of that flows between each other, I really... If I find that there's some interest in this, I might put up together an episode just on that publication history alone. So let me know if you, if you liked that. Let me know if you liked this episode, or if you disliked this episode, what did you dislike about it? This really is a, a topic close to my heart, but I would still love some feedback. Credits. This was written, directed, and edited by myself, Fox the Jackal. 
Uh, additional voices were provided by Jimmy Allenberg. Thanks for that. I did include one quote from Anita Sarkeesian. It is taken from her video, Damsel in Distress Part 1. You can find that on her Feminist Frequency YouTube channel. I like her work, and I hope you like it too. I did also mention Gail Simone. Gail Simone did create the Women in Refrigerators blog listing, which I recommend you look up what that is. It's it's an interesting thing to have touched upon at the time that it did. But of course, she's a wonderful comic writer in her own right, and I just didn't really feel I had room in the script to really dig down that hole. But Birds of Prey, Batgirl, she had a run on Red Sonja. Uh, she helped bring in Secret Six from a spy series in the 60s to a more modern superhero take on it, and I've enjoyed that work in particular very much. I've also been reading some wonderful books on this topic of the Legion of Superheroes and their early history from long before I would have been contemporary to reading it. Um, I've, I found this book, Teenagers from the Future, Essays on the Legion of Superheroes by Sequart Research and Literacy Organization. They're a very good publication service to be putting this stuff out. I am still in dialogue with a lot of the contents of that book, but I've been enjoying reading it very much. I picked up a book called Jim Shooter Conversations. When I mentioned that Mort Weisinger brought in a 14-year-old to work in the office, Jim Shooter was that 14-year-old, and he has a fascinating career history. I, I've been reading that just for fun, and we'll see if anything comes of that content-wise, but... He'll show up again. He'll definitely show up again. Um, yeah, it's Jim Shooter conversations from the from the University Press of Mississippi, Jackson. It's much more of an academic thing, but it's largely a collection of interviews, so it's very readable. I recommend you look that up if you'd like. Contact me. Contacting is good. I like to be contacted. If you want to reach me and let me know what you thought of this podcast, you can email me at foxthejackalsaudioparlor at gmail.com Full spelling should be in the description of wherever you're listening to this. You can also follow me on Twitter at foxeast52 That's foxeast52 I'm Fox the Jackal. This is the last episode of the premiere so you won't hear from me for at least a little while. I do have a weekday job that I've picked up since I developed this project so I plan on updating this with new episodes September the 21st. You can expect an update every four weeks at a minimum, the Monday after the 15th of a month. My plan right now is to just wait until that day and release whatever I have. So I'm looking to have two episodes out that September the 21st. The current plan is some fun with an original series Star Trek episode. So from, again, back in the 60s, there's some fun with Sulu and a precursor to the character Q, as well as continuing with our look at Duo Damsel, deep in the years of what would have been called the Marvelization of DC. Ooh, ooh, fun history, ooh, but also character stuff, of course, character stuff. I'm pleased the audio's worked out. There's no buzzsaw in the background that I've had to edit out so far. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that. Uh, thank you again for listening. I have really enjoyed putting this together, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you again. Let me know what you think. Stay safe out there. All sorts of platitudes. Let me just finish. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>